Welcome to Wayne Zion Luther Church in Rural Monticello. This is Sunday, January the 22nd, 2023. This service was recorded January 15th, the second Sunday after Epiphany. The sermon is by Pastor Wade Reddy. The accompanist is Pete Temple. The lector is Pam Ivan. This radio broadcast is given in honor of George Tobison's 95th birthday and Pauline Antone's 97th birthday. Thank you for joining us today. Let us begin our time with confession and forgiveness, and I invite you to turn to page 211 in the front of your hymnal. We begin in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. God of all mercy and constellation, come to the help of your people, turning us from our sin. To live for you alone, give us the power of your Holy Spirit, that we may confess our sin, receive your forgiveness, and grow into the fullness of Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. Let us confess our sin in the presence of God and one another. Most merciful God, we confess that we are captive to sin and cannot free ourselves. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us, forgive us, and renew us, and lead us so that we may delight in your will, walk in your ways, to the glory of your holy name. Amen. In the mercy of Almighty God, Jesus Christ was given to die for us, and for his sake, God forgives us all our sins. As a called and ordained minister of the Church of Christ, and by his authority, I therefore declare to each of you the entire forgiveness of all your sins. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. And amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Holy God, our strength and our Redeemer, by your Spirit hold us forever, that through your grace we may worship you and faithfully serve you, follow you, and joyfully find you through Jesus Christ our Savior and Lord. Amen. Let us receive God's holy word for God's holy people. Good morning. Our first lesson today is from Isaiah chapter 49, verses 1 through 7, with the following preface. Here the servant, identified as Israel, speaks for herself and describes her honored mission. Called before her birth like Jeremiah and John the Baptist, the servant is not only to restore Israel, the servant's ultimate assignment is to bring news of God's victory to the ends of the earth. God in faithfulness has chosen Israel for this task. Listen to me, O coastlands. Pay attention, you peoples from far away. The Lord called me before I was born. While I was in my mother's womb, he named me. He made my mouth like a sharp sword. In the shadow of his hand, he hid me. He made me a polished arrow. In his quiver he hid me away. And he said to me, You are my servant Israel, in whom I will be glorified. But I said, I have labored in vain. I have spent my strength for nothing and vanity. Yet surely my cause is with the Lord, and my reward is with my God. And now the Lord says, Who formed me in the womb to be his servant, to bring Jacob back to him, 
and that Israel might be gathered to him. For I am honored in the sight of the Lord, and my God has become my strength. He says, It is too light a thing that you should be my servant to raise up the tribes of Jacob and to restore the survivors of Israel. I will give you as a light to the nations that my salvation may reach to the end of the earth. Thus says the Lord, the Redeemer of Israel and his Holy One, to one deeply despised, abhorred by the nations, the slave of rulers. Kings shall see and stand up, princes, and they shall prostrate themselves because of the Lord who is faithful, the Holy One of Israel who has chosen you. The word of the Lord. Our second reading is from 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 1-9, through 9, with the following preface. Though God's church in Corinth is a fractious congregation beset with many conflicts, Paul opens this letter by spotlighting the multiple ways God has enriched and sustained its life as part of the divine call into the fellowship of our Lord Jesus Christ. Paul, called to be an exile, Apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God and our brother Sylvanus to the church of God that is in Corinth to those who are sanctified in Christ Jesus called to be saints together with all those who in every place call on the name of our Lord Jesus Christ both their Lord and ours grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ I give thanks to my God always for you because of the grace of God that has been given you in Christ Jesus. For in every way you have been enriched in him in speech and knowledge of every kind. Just as the testimony of Christ has been strengthened among you so that you are not lacking in any spiritual gift as you wait for the revealing of our Lord Jesus Christ. He will also strengthen you to the end so that you may be blameless on the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful. By him you were called into fellowship of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. The word of the Lord. Our service continues on page 216 with the gospel acclamation. I invite the congregation to please rise. <clears throat> Gospel according to St. John, the first chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. You may be seated for the reading of the Gospel. Now John the Baptist saw Jesus coming toward him and declared, Here is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is he of whom I said, After me comes a man who ranks ahead of me because he was before me. I myself did not know him, but I came baptizing with water for this reason, that he might be revealed to Israel. And John testified, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove, and it remained on him. 
I myself did not know him, but the one who sent me to baptize with water said to me, He on whom you see the Spirit descend and remain is the one who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. And I myself have seen and testified that this is the Son of God. The next day, John again was standing with two of his disciples. And as he watched Jesus walk by, he exclaimed, Look, here is the Lamb of God. And the two disciples heard him say this, and they followed Jesus. When Jesus turned and saw them following, he said to them, What are you looking for? And they said to him, Rabbi, which translated means teacher, where are you staying? He said to them, Come and see. And they came and they saw where he was staying and they remained with him that day. It was about four o'clock in the afternoon. One of the two who heard John speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first found his brother Simon and said to him, We have found the Messiah, which is translated anointed. And he brought Simon to Jesus who looked at him and said, You are Simon, son of John. You are to be called Cephas, which is translated into Peter, the gospel of our Lord. Praise to you. Well, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the revealed Son, Jesus Christ, who is the Son of God. Amen. It's amazing that uh, if you are sensing that this seems like a repeat of last Sunday, it is. For the organizers of putting together the common lectionary felt that it was so important that we hear not only Matthew's account, but John's account of Jesus' baptism, but takes it a step further. Now last Sunday, it was a beautiful Sunday. You were here and Pastor Lynn led you in reminding you of your baptism. You came forward and you were marked with water and you heard the words that you are a child of God. You have, been, you have received the gift of unending love, mercy, and grace. And that felt good to be reminded for when we were baptized, we were sealed by the Holy Spirit and marked with the cross of Christ forever. What's interesting about John's account is we have John the Baptist who is testifying, who is witnessing to what he experienced. We weren't there with John like we were when Matthew described John the Baptist baptizing Jesus in the River Jordan. But it was such a powerful experience that in John's Gospel, John the Baptist shares that it is amazing. I did not know who he was, even though there was relations tied there, Mary and Elizabeth being cousins. And we don't know much about, as I shared with you two Sundays ago, Jesus' growing up years, and we really don't hear much until Jesus shows up at the river to be baptized. 
And we're in the season of Epiphany, and Jesus is showing us the way to the Father is through me, is through baptism, and we know that Jesus is without sin, yet he is baptized. And it is then, through the epiphany of our Lord, we hear the voice from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son. Listen to him. And then we see the dove descending, and I love John's gospel, and staying with him. I think our stained glass tries to pick that up. As you see in each of those stained glass, there's a halo around Jesus' head. But there's one stained glass that doesn't have that because it's not Jesus. It's the sower of the seed, Christ in us, as one of my confirmation students so cleverly discovered. And so we have this epiphany that the Holy Spirit has stayed and rested upon him and out of the water we have Jesus, the Son of God. Great epiphany. Now there's a second epiphany that's kind of hidden in today's text. You won't catch it until the very end of the gospel. And here's where I want to spend most of my time with you. It is so very subtle. Jesus, of course, we heard, was identified by John the Baptist. Andrew, one of the two disciples who were the disciples of John the Baptist, overheard John say, this is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And they have been waiting for the coming Messiah. And so they turn, it's interesting, and leave their teacher and follow Jesus. Now we don't know if it was early in the day, but we get an indication at 4 o'clock in the afternoon after Jesus has said, come and see where I'm staying, because that's the questions that they have. But there is no doubt with Andrew, one of the disciples, no doubt at all that this is the Messiah, the anointed one. And he goes... And we are not told what happens during this time, but Andrew at 4 o'clock gets up and goes to find his brother Simon. Now they share the same dad. John, not the same John. And sometimes in the scripture said Jonah, and Jonah and John are the same. So don't be mixed up by that when you hear me read later about son of Jonah, which is the son of John. And before, and, and, they, and Andrew's saying, we have found the anointed one, the Messiah who's come. And so they go shoulder to shoulder. And they make their way to where Jesus is staying. And here's the epiphany. Jesus gives Simon a name. Before there's a formal greeting, you know, to Andrew to introduce Simon to Jesus and Jesus to Simon. Jesus says, Simon. Son of John, your name from now on will be Cephas, which means rock. Translated into English, Peter. Rock. I received a while ago this gift. It is a field rock. Man, it's heavy. It almost feels like iron ore. And uh, this came from one of our fields, from one of our farmers, Gary Zumba. And uh, the reason they gave it to me, it's so unique. I don't know if you can see this. But the plow markings on the rock are in the sign of what? 
or in the shape of what? A cross. Gary, I treasure this rock. It'll be buried with me. <laughs> it is so neat. You know, um, Jesus understands where we come from, that we're farmers. And so this is a wonderful gift. But, so Gary gives me this, this, this rock. And it fits so well with today's scripture. Because Peter is named Rock. And we know this. Upon this rock, I will build my church on earth. And I will be the cornerstone, holding it all together. And so Peter is the rock. So what do we know about Peter from, from scripture? What do you know about Peter? Just throw it out. We had a Bible study this week. Um, not picking on you at all who were there. But uh, what do we know about John? Okay, a silent group. We'll, uh, we'll go to Matthew and learn something about John. Now, when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do the people say that the Son of Man is? And they said, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, still others say Jeremiah or one of the other prophets. And he said to them, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, blessed are you, Simon Peter of Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth, you will bind in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth, you will loose in heaven. And then he sternly ordered the disciples, don't tell anyone that I'm the Messiah. Peter had great faith. But then... Jesus starts doing this talk about dying and Peter will have none of it. Don't talk that way, my Lord. And what does Jesus say to Peter? Get behind me, Satan. So did Peter's faith waver here or was it Peter was so loyal and so faithful that it wasn't Peter speaking but Satan speaking? And what happened to Peter when they arrested Jesus? When they said, we know who you are. You're one of the disciples of Jesus. And he said, no, I am not. Yes, we saw you with him in the garden. I was not there. I do not know the man. A third time, I do not know him. And Jesus comes to Peter after the resurrection, and he asked Peter three questions. They're all the same. Do you love me, Peter? Yes, Lord. You know that I love you. Peter, do you love me? Yes, Lord. You know that I love you. Peter, do you love me? Yes, Lord. Why are you asking? I love you. Well, Peter, then you go and feed my lambs. You feed my sheep. Peter, you go and fill, feed my lambs. Then we get to Peter in the book of Acts. I'm not going to read all of it to you. 
But it is so interesting. All of a sudden, there were all these people gathered, believers, that Jesus was the anointed, the Messiah. And on them rest these tongues of fire, and there was the sound of a violent wind rushing over them and through the room in which they were. Must have been a big room. But you didn't see the wind. And they were speaking in all these languages. And someone said, oh, they're drunk. And Peter stands up and says, it's 9 o'clock in the morning. Hey, that's when we get together for worship. <laughs> they are not drunk. They are filled with the Holy Spirit. And then he gives a testimony. Fellow Israelites, I may say to you confidently, in our ancestor David that both died and was buried and his tomb is with us this day. Since he was a prophet, we knew that God was swore with an oath to him that he would put all of his descendants on his throne. Seeing this, David spoke of the resurrection of the Messiah, saying, He is not abandoned to hell nor did his flesh experience corruption. This Jesus raised up, and of that on, we are all witnesses to this, being therefore exalted in the right hand of God and having received from the promise, Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he has poured out this day that you both see and hear, for David did not ascend into heaven, but he himself says, the Lord said, my Lord, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool Therefore, let the entire house of Israel know with certainty that God has made him both Lord and Messiah, this Jesus whom you crucified. He's speaking to the Jews. Now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and to other apostles, Brothers, what should we do? And Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus, so that your sins may be forgiven, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is for you and your children, for all who are far away, and everyone whom the Lord God calls on him. And they testified with many arguments and exhorted them, saying, Save yourselves from corrupt generation. So those who welcomed this message were baptized. And on that day, at that moment... 3,000 people were baptized. The church took birth. We have the birth of the church through Peter, and we have the encouragement of Paul through his 13 letters to the churches, those young churches throughout the Mediterranean world. And this week, it was interesting in our Bible study, one of our people said, ooh, it's so interesting, we have a congregation in our midst called St. Peter's and Paul. This is a good name for a church, isn't it? Peter, who is the rock, who is the living church, and Paul, who is the encourager coming by, helping the church. And I said, yes, that's a wonderful name. And so is Zion the city on the hill, the assembly, the congregation that is pointing to where our salvation is. That's what Zion means. Both are wonderful and beautiful names. Our faith is born in our baptism. It is shaped and nurtured by the church. I want to say this. There are people who, yeah, they see God's creation out in the world, but I tell you, 
What you receive today is so precious, it is more precious than gold. You have sung about the light of God. You have heard Pete give a wonderful testimony of Emmanuel, God with us, through the prelude. You have heard scriptures saying that I have chosen you. Doesn't matter if you're Greek or Gentile, woman or man, black or white. You are made in the image of God and I love you and I claim you. Where do you hear that message? Yes, you can hear it from the birds and yes, you can look at the big blue dome. But you will not hear it because where does faith come from? But what is heard from the word of God. It is important that we come. This is the epiphany that I feel and to share with you this day. Today I'll meet with our Sunday school parents. We're going to visit about the curriculum in which we're teaching about Jesus. We're going to be talking about we've been going down the path of the Ten Commandments. I'm going to let you in on something. Come Lent, we are going to be doing Luther's small catechism. We have five Wednesdays. We'll be studying, and the kids in the confirmation are ahead of you, the Ten Commandments, the Apostles' Creed, the Lord's Prayer, Baptism and Holy Communion, Holy Baptism and Holy Communion. Today, our confirmants will be exploring their confirmation verse. I've written a personal note to Katie and to Aubrey and to Riker. And I've prayed over, and they have chosen stained glasses, because that's kind of where we begin, as we see the story of Jesus' life and how it connects with us. The scriptures aren't all from the New Testament, but some it is because of the window in which they chose kind of led me in that direction. But also coming from the Old Testament. These young people on April 30th are going to stand before this congregation and say, I affirm my baptism. They had nothing to say about being baptized. Nothing at all. Many of them don't even remember their baptism. But as parents and as a congregation, you have followed through with your commitment and your call to nurture these people in their faith. And I want to thank you. And I just want to show, show of hands. And this is just, I want other people, because one day I'm going to come to you. Those who raised your hands, I won't be coming back to you because you've done your, your time. How many have shared why their faith is important to them? Just show of hands. Isn't this amazing? Absolutely. If you haven't raised your hand, pastor might be calling on you one day, and only you know the answer to this question. Why is your faith important to you? Our confidants want to know. Do I just get up in the morning and come here because I'm made to? Or is there something more to this? And I tell you, it is life. It is actually death and life. And life eternal. We're going to partake in the Holy Eucharist, the Lord's Supper, which will encourage our faith in knowing and receiving God's unending love, grace, and mercy through word and meal. And let me close with this. Our epiphany is this this morning. We are not alone. Christ, anointed one, was baptized, pointing the way to the Father through Christ's baptism, which is our baptism. Our epiphany is we are not alone. The church is a firm foundation of faith. Peter's faith is the rock in which the church was built. And Christ is our cornerstone in holding us all together, encouraging us, strengthening us, and shaping us in a life of faithful living. 
We learn from others the importance of our faith through our faith formation night. It is the pinnacle, it is the epic portion of our confirmation journey together. May the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, guard your minds and your hearts in Christ Jesus. Amen. I invite us to stand and share the affirmation of our faith as is found in the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord's face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you his peace. Amen. Go in peace, serve the Lord. Thanks be to God. Liturgy, copyright 2021, Augsburg Fortress, all rights reserved. Music and lyrics reprinted with permission under one license, number A-729734, all rights reserved.